This episode of The Work Ethic is brought to you by Wellbuilt Bikes. Wellbuilt Bikes is a social enterprise working to make affordable, reliable transportation available to everybody. They're doing this by gathering bikes that might otherwise go wasted or taking bikes in as donations, old bikes that might be laying around your garage, which by the way, you can donate to this enterprise by dropping them off at any time that they're open. But they gather these bikes, they rebuild them, uh, making them available for sale, refurbished bikes for sale at really affordable prices, great bikes, super accessible. And they do this so they can take the sales revenue and invest it into an earn-a-bike program so that those with little to no money can also get a bike through a small investment of community service hours, a bit of sweat equity work that they put in to earn their bike. And at the end of this program, they get a bike, lights, lock, helmet, water bottle, really Uh, and a safety training. So everything that they need to be commuters, to get around town, to have access to the rest of the city, its opportunities, its economy, uh, a a really great program. They also offer a full service repair shop on sliding scale so that it's available and accessible to everybody. They invite everybody, whether you earned a bike or bought a bike, or you're just a neighbor that already has a bike and likes to go riding to ride with them every Tuesday night. There's a group ride at 630 that you're all invited to. If you're in Tampa, Florida, their shop is located in University Mall right next to you. USF in the uptown university area. Go check them out. It's at Wellbuilt Bikes on any social platform or bikeshoptampa.com if you want to find their website. Hard work, work. Hard work. That's what they say. Hard work, work. Hard work. I earn my pay. Hard work, work. Hard work. Do it every day. Hard work, work. I get up about a quarter to three. Hard work, work. Got to go and earn my pay. Hard work. So welcome once again to the Work Ethic Podcast. Now, for those of you that have been listening along so far, we've interviewed 18 guests, uh, everything from realtors, pastors, authors, executives, from everything from tech to running a gym, entrepreneurs, missionaries, social workers. And I've asked everybody that I've talked to uh, what success means to them. And so what I wanted to do for this episode was splice together some of the answers from the first 10 guests that we had. Uh, So we're going to start off today with our first episode, still, by the way, the most listened to episode, which was with my fiance, Erica Santuccio. Erica is a student nutrition manager at a local elementary school. And so this is her response to the question, what is success? What is success? (laughs) Um, what is success? Now, like I said before, um, this is going to be a feelings answer. Bring it. Um, success to me has always felt like satisfaction. Um, and it, man, I don't. I don't know. It's a hard, I don't think I can define it in one sentence. Um, it doesn't I've, have to I, be one sentence. Okay. You can just talk. I more, I more experience it. Um, and I've talked to you about this before too. And, uh, for me, like just an example of success, um, is integrating communities. So a lot of the people that work for me make a very low wage and thus need extra support. And so one of the guys in the kitchen, um, had told he had he had alluded to the fact that they don't have a lot of money. And do I know anybody who could potentially have a car? Do I know anybody who has like food stamps or anything like that? And so what I did was I told him I said, "Hey, we have a free market every Monday. Just come by and grab some food." And he was like, 
he was hesitant at first. Um, he didn't come that first week. Mm-hmm. He came the second week, and he came with his wife. And um, they grabbed, you know, a bunch of groceries. They have, like, a little baby that lives with them, their granddaughter and a, um, their daughter and their boyfriend, I believe. And it's a big household and with a small income, right? And it was so simple. I mean, he, com- he comes at less now, but his wife comes every single week. Yeah. And to yep. me, that feels like success. I feel satisfied. And I know that um, it's so simple and it's not really like this remarkable story of it's like, beautiful though. but it, yeah, it, f- it just feels right. feels good. And I know these are like, just, these aren't elaborate words, good and right. No, but well, they're the deepest words. Really. Yeah, yeah. And it's good, right. True. Like there, a, a need was voiced. I have a resource. I met the need with that resource and thus like strengthen the bond that we have relationally as employee and employer. And now his family is grateful and it's just, it was like a domino effect of just positivity. And I think that it would be hard to remove positivity from success. So like Mm -hmm. it, if what you do creates a ripple effect of negativity, I wouldn't necessarily view that as successful. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so part of this was like the end result was positive. It met a need and it strengthened a relationship. Just feels like success. And I'm satisfied in the fact that we were able to do that. No, that is, that's a very good answer. I dig it. Up next, we're going to hear an answer from my good friend, John Sanders from episode two. What is success? Ooh. Um, what that? Wow. That's a really good question. Um, yeah. Uh, and so, you know, um, my first gut reaction was to define success by what it's not. Okay. And so I don't, I don't think it's money. Mm. Um, though, you, you know, you need money to survive and get by. So it's like, you, you know, um, but like, success doesn't uh, equal money doesn't equal success. Yeah. And so you could say, I started a business and it, and you know, and I sold it for millions and that was it. like, I, I set out to do a thing and I, I completed a goal and that was successful. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could do that, but I guess I'd be more interested in a successful life. And yep. I, and I think that's, that's built around, uh, relationships primarily. Um, I think that's built around uh, morality. Like, did did you did you live a good life? Um, like, I like I you know can can I be a successful father? Can I can I you know um, do more good than damage to my kids? Mm. Uh, and, and so I I think I you know I guess like work. I mean, because so we're using that word, and it can mean a lot of different things. And I you know. Yeah, I guess everyone could define that differently, but I what I'm interested in is, is like I said is uh, a successful life. And so can I do life well? Can I be um uh you know, a valuable person to the the people I'm in contact with? Um I think that's success. 
and and it doesn't it's not it doesn't really matter you know what kind of car you drive or you know how, you know what kind of house you own or you know none of, none of that's really important um and you know i think it's to be successful is to live a good life be dependable be responsible um and, and yeah, just, yeah I, you know bring value to uh the people you're around i like that from episode three here is a response from thomas casey what is success hmm success to me is being able to love people in many different contexts and enjoy doing it. Not necessarily enjoy all of it, but at some like guttural instinctual level have purpose behind what you're doing and why you're doing it. Um, and being able to, being able to do that or do something like that, um, is what I believe anyone's definition of success, I guess, could boil down to. Um, maybe, maybe that's a too broad of a stroke. Um, Maybe I shouldn't say anyone's definition, but really at the end of the day, I think that the people who are most successful um, would say that they're probably successful because at some level they enjoy um, doing what they want to do and they're trying to bring value to people around them. I love it. Next, we're going to hear from Phil and Marsha Reed, who work with Voice of Calvary Ministries in Jackson, Mississippi. What a success. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I think it goes back to, uh, well, I think there's a worldly, I think there's a worldly definition of it, and that is prosperity and, uh, and how many li- numbers. You know, we talked about impact earlier. Yeah. The way the world mentioned, the way the world uh, uh, measures that, I think they often talk about numbers. So yep. you gotta have you gotta have the most numbers and there's a, there's some truth to that i mean sometimes uh, as christians it, the other flip side of that is we can accomplish very little and and because we're not doing it right and we can we can uh, we can console ourselves by well it's not about numbers sure uh, but you just suck at this yeah you just, <laughs> instead of admitting yeah we're just not very good at <laughs> yeah. it yeah but for me again success is is uh is uh are you maintaining are you maintaining your calling over the long term and the number of lives you're, you're seeing change that to me is success mm. uh, is uh, again for me the payback is seeing that light coming on in people's eyes where uh, you know we our home ownership program we had a young lady a lady who was third generation living in subsidized housing, rental housing, never yep. thought, single mom, never thought she'd own her own home. Uh, fixed income, she had a 
child at home, and she never wanted to work, never thought she'd own her own home. She said, I grew up in this housing development. It's probably where I'll die. But she came to our uh, our Circles program, a program to help you get out of poverty. And she took her six years, but she got her credit in, in uh Straightened out, she and she. Long story short, she ended up buying one of our houses, mm. and now she's on our board. And so to see the light come on in her yeah. eyes, like, yeah, I can do this, and see how, because for every life we change, we're we're changing ten other lives. Because her, she's got friends now saying, yeah, well, Sadie, if you can do this, That's I grew right. up with you. If you can do this, I know I can do it too. And yeah. So it's like that pebble in the pond there dorothy day talks about mm. we throw a pebble in the pond and be and see that ever widening ripples out ripples out mm-hmm. that, that to me that's that success is uh is knowing and knowing for me the goal is to help break that cycle of poverty yeah seeing that happen and then seeing the ripples from that that's that's what i'm looking for mm. as my success and what i want out of life and that's still what i want to see i Still looking for the next uh, Charles or the next Milton or the next Sadie Palmer or the next uh, uh, John, that, that the five-year-old computer programmer. To yep. see that light come on in their eyes. That's, and there's more of that out there. There's more of that out there. Uh, it's not about seeing it with our eyes all the time because we've been living, Marsha mentioned, we've been living in West Jackson now 44 years, I, and I have this motto and West Jackson is the place that decades ago people started leaving. It's our inner city. And, but I had this motto God laid on my heart years ago, West is best. Mm-hmm. And I ain't seen it yet. And uh, it's continuing to deteriorate. But, yeah. I, but I'm beginning to see that it's going to turn around. I may not see it, but, man, it's like it's like in the book of a... Uh, of, uh, of, uh, wow, I just... Uh, Ezekiel, no, no. Anyway, it's about uh, God saying uh, to this prophet, "Go and buy this house and, and pay the full price for it." When it was it was already being occupied by uh, a foreign army, mm-hmm. and he said, uh, "I think it's Nehemiah." And he said, uh, "Do that because once again, houses are going to be bought and fields are going to be sold in this land." And so he went and paid the full price for it, even though it was a bad investment because of. God said, I'm going to rebuild this community. And so that's the, that's the long term I'm trying to have for West Jackson. Mm. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hand that off to me. Thank that you. That is success. Uh, success. Well, you know, I certainly agree with what, what Phil has just said and what he's shared. Um, I think success is being able to say that you're being true to mm. what it is you're called to do. And, yeah. and so it doesn't matter quite so much that you can't see it. That's important because that's encouragement. Sure. And you can get discouraged easily otherwise. But if back in San Jose, California, when I had had that moment, when God was saying, telling me, you know, you need to let go and let me be Lord. If I had said no, I would have missed all of this. Yeah. You know, 
I, I might have, I might not have made it down here, and and I would have missed all of this. And I'm thankful. Yeah. I'm I'm grateful. Yep. That I didn't miss all of this that we've been through and all the things that have happened and all the people that we've met and all the places that we have been able to go and the lives that we have touched ours. Yep. You know, and and so success is is being able to say I've tried really hard to mm. do what God has asked me to do and I am going to continue to try to do that for my whole life. And whatever that means, wherever that takes me, I want to be willing to do that. And, uh, you know, we say, well, you know, we're retired now. We've got family that wants us to go do certain things mm -hmm. and go places and be closer to them. Or I don't know what that is going to mean exactly um, in terms of even living in West Jackson until we die. Yeah. Uh, we laughingly say that people have said for years that they you know that we wouldn't stay everybody else leaves we're not going to stay well after 44 years we're still there they can't really say that but we say well if we if we die in west jackson they're going to say well i knew they were going to leave <laughs> at some point it's you true know, i knew they were going to leave and so some of that is is uh bondage you know yeah. i mean really it makes it hard to make a choice yeah and what we decided early on was that we wouldn't leave because of um, fear or anger or hurt uh, or disappointment. We would only leave because we felt God calling us somewhere else. So there was another place that he wanted us to go do yeah. the same basic thing that we had been doing and have been doing all along. And that may happen. You know, we may we may now feel that call or get that call to go do something a little different in, in a little different place. Yeah. We don't know for sure what that's going to be, but success is being true to that, what he's called us to do. Thank you all so much for taking some time to talk with me, but thank you more for the life you've led, mm -hmm. the leadership and the model. So you, Phil, you had said there was... Um, you know, referencing, I think the woman that bought her house that's now on your board, he said, well, it's like the ripples in a pond or it, it has an effect because of the people that see it and say, well, if you could do that, I could do it. And, you know, it's really like demonstrably true. I, I, there, the, um, that, the, so I, the great example, and I've, I've repeated a lot, but the, the, it was the four minute mile. Right. When it was thought to be impossible for people until someone did it. And then people just started doing it right and left mm -hmm. until it became the standard. Right. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and very similarly, like what, you know, I hadn't seen anyone succeed or I hadn't seen anyone get out of this circumstance or this generational poverty or this loop. And yet as people have some victory and some success and the people around them see that it's a, it's a source of hope. It's a model of how it's done. And, and it is, it does replicate. And so you're like, for every one, it's 10, it's 20. It's because then what, what are those 10? And, and in that way, there's, it's incalculable. The impact that you, the two of you and your relationship have had mm -hmm. in this world and in your city, um, it's incalculable, right? 
And thank you so much for your li- your life and your dedication, your faithfulness to that thing that you were created for, the work that you've put in over all these years, for staying true. And I'm excited about this conversation and for people to hear a bit of your story. There's a million things I wish we would have had time to get into. I mean, there's so there's probably more left out than we got to, but my hope is that even the model that you are in just sharing your stories now uh, will echo again that, you know, even as I talk to you, it's like, I, I want to be like you. I, I look forward to looking back over my life and saying, yeah, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, um, been faithful and can see the fruit over that long haul. And I'm, I'm grateful for models and examples like you. Thank you for your life. Thank you for this time. And, uh, and I just pray that this would be another stone in the pond that would ripple out as folks hear your story and hopefully embrace that ethos. Go ahead. Thank you, John, for having us. Cause I really, really admire what you're doing with well-built bikes. I, you know, you're doing something that I don't know very many or even if anybody else is doing it and and, you know that's part of what uh, any success we've had is primarily because we've been willing to give it a try you know uh, I always believe that somebody asked me to do something I'll give it a try I mean back when I was a contractor I remember uh, this lady asking me can you hang wallpaper and I said Yes, I can hang wallpaper. Now, she didn't ask me had I ever hung wallpaper. <laughs> she just asked me if I could. And I said, sure, I can hang wallpaper. Yeah. So she gave us a job of hanging wallpaper, so I went home and read up on how to hang wallpaper and got yeah. it done. But, you know, it had, had I just not been willing to try or hope community credit union. You know, okay, you want me to be chairman of the board? I'll try. I don't know nothing about finance. I'll run a bank. How hard could it be to run a credit union? <laughs> We built a new subdivision of new houses after Hurricane Katrina. We Boys Cavalry had never built a single new house before. We'd always done rehabs. But how hard could it be to build a 16-house subdivision with, on a vacant piece of land? How hard could it be? Yeah, how hard could it be? So, we, But, you know, we got it done. Yeah. But we got it done because it goes back to partnerships. We got it done because there was a guy who out of California that had built multi-billion dollar developments that was involved with us and for him that was a that was that was a hobby yeah he got it and he got it done for us so just giving it a try and being willing to work with people know what they're doing so you know that's what you're doing man it's this whole whole bike thing man and and i just you're going to change a lot of lives through it thank you this next clip is from our fifth episode with chris kravitz the pastor at waters avenue church what is success Trying to come up with a one-liner. Can't. Doesn't need to be one line. Yeah. Um, Don't edit. What, what success is accomplishing uh, the things you want to accomplish. So individually, it could look different for different people. I think like just if you have something you want to do in life and you do it, you've been successful. When you die and they engrave your tombstone. Yeah. And w- if this thing could be said about you, what would it be that would be mm-hmm. a success? Yeah. He was loving. Okay. Would be a big one. Mm-hmm. And, well, yeah, loving, because in order for someone to write that on my tombstone, I must have demonstrated it. He loved well. Yeah. Next is from episode six with Will Barrett. Will is a former community member that lived with me in the lake house and is also working with Threshold 360, a tech 
startup here in Tampa. What is success? <sighs> you think I would have heard your other episodes and you asked this to people and I would start to form. You did, but you didn't finish them. Uh, I finished a couple. of them. Oh, okay. She didn't pay I attention. I heard your fiance talk about. Uh, that was so good. I don't remember what she said though. No, well, getting back to memory. I want to know um, what you think. <clears throat> what is success? Um, I think about being the best version of myself, mm. which I am continually reminded of that I am not. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been really. Uh, I've been like baking, just cooking on that for probably the last year. Hard of like, you can't compare yourself to other people. I mean, because I do this, and it's like Elon Musk, mm-hmm. or you know whomever. Yeah. Insert tech giant here or whatever. Oh, you you beat yourself up for not being. Yeah, some, yeah, yeah, that's dumb. Runs a marathon a day, like sure. These people. Yeah, I'm not David Goggins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, I'm pathetic. I'm, and, and so that helps me go. Oh, that's why that doesn't work. Yeah, that's dumb. Because like destructive, even yeah. destructive. But it's it's okay. I mean. You can only be the best version of yourself. Yeah. Um, so let's be self-aware about that. Yep. And how do we get there? Like, how are you always improving? And improving could be, I mean, it could be. I mean, for me, frankly, we've talked about like money. Yeah. Flowing like water. Yeah. Management of that. The the much better version of myself from much more useful to a, a lot of people is getting much better at that. So in, in, in this case, I endorse savings and being wise with those things. Yeah. Right. I don't, I don't need help taking more risk. Some That's people, right. the better version of themselves successful will be like, dude, it is time to ship. This is to why I appreciate diversity, right? You need thrift people around yes. you and they Discipline. need you. Yeah. I sorely, sorely need it. Yeah. Then you need to like, what, what is going on here? Like nothing bad can happen. So to be the best version of yourself is success. What does that mean for you? Like, in reality today in reality today yeah like what like how are you going to be a success today yeah um like doing <laughs> doing the work like um for me it's like coming prepared not saying i haven't uh necessarily been prepared but like what you <coughs> what you become prone to especially in like startup growth mode. I mean, I have right after this, I have, I have like four interviews today. Yep. Like interviewing different people, um, amongst other things, you know, it's, it's so you're being pulled in every direction. We're changing our process for almost everything weekly. Yep. Sometimes daily. It's exhausting. And so you're always in like a wartime scenario. You're running and gunning. Mm -hmm. And, um, so for me lately, it's like doing a much better job of just like the sustained approach structure. Yeah. No, we can't do that. We're not changing that now. Yeah. We're putting that on the roadmap for a couple more quarters from now. Um, and then these interview, like for example, just today, not rolling, like not rolling in and making it up. Like you can only do that so long. Yeah. And I think we all do this in a number of areas of life, but like pro- really preparing yeah. for things, really thinking through things. I've been thinking about this a lot the idea of thinking through things thinking through them thinking for an hour about it yeah which is almost impossible to find i know this but all of a sudden i realized i make a better decision i don't need those two or three other meetings yep. that i was going to call as a band-aid 
That's what meetings are for most of the time. Yep. Um, to solve a problem, thinking through them, having a slower, sustained approach, preparing. I think it's actually much more time efficient, effective. Hmm. So like going in that direction for me would be much better, uh, be- best version of myself, um, being much more disciplined with my son, which people know this, um, would like, I have to draw that out of myself. Yeah. Like to do it, it's not incredibly natural. Right. And then you could just go on and on. So, um, across like personal areas of life, there are places to improve. I love it. The, uh, and, and rather than, so part of kind of the growth mindset is, you know, it is prescriptive to say, don't compare yourself to other people, but compare yourself to you yesterday and yep. and be stronger, better, faster, more disciplined, more give in to those goals today. It has nothing to do with status, accumulation, X, Y, Z. Next, we're going to hear from Bruckner Chase from Ocean Positive, which was episode seven. What is success? Like just as a... As a know, global... Yeah, concept? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Geez, that's a really thought-provoking question. And I think that what immediately comes to mind is there are layers to that. So you can ask someone, you know, did you live a successful life in the end? Did you yeah. lead a successful life? And, you know, for me, that definitely won't be measured by how much money's in the bank. That that mm-hmm. ship sailed. Um, but I think if you look at across a lifetime or an extended period of time, success would be, did I positively impact the communities or the people or the things that I touched? You know, was I was I able to positively impact what I came across. And I think that, you know, when you look at a specific, you know, you talk about logic models for business schools and, you know, social scientists looking at, you know, you know, we just launched this uh, wave safety series with NOAA and success in that will be defined by, you know, they may look at it. Oh, we were successful if we have 25 million people view the videos. Well, you know, that's great. But I, I joked in a meeting just last month, I'm like, well, we want to hit 50 million views. Let's put a kitten in it. Um, Because everyone likes kitten videos and they'll just share it and it'll go viral. But really, if you're putting out a film series about protecting people from drowning and being safe and around the ocean, success is, did we change one person's behavior and they lived? Um, Mm. But is it one person or is it 10 people or a hundred? Um, I would suggest that Mm. success may be driven by the entity or the individual that needs something from that success and need might be a financial reward. So impressions count. Uh, it might be, you know, some sort of fulfillment because they're charging up their passion to do this work based on someone saying this really changed my life. So is success one person who earned his bike now has a job away from the shop and is able to positively impact his life and friends and family that are part of his life as well. 
is that one person, that's success for him. But it's interesting that that one individual might say, I had, I, this was a success. My life is a success because of what John and Well Built allowed me to do. But while he would say that is the ultimate success, it changed my life. Is that one person's ultimate success enough to say Well Built is successful? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, it makes perfect sense. And I, I think a lot about this question. So it makes it worthwhile. Mm -hmm. Um, to me, I kind of think of, I, I often think of like getting out of this tool, everything that can be gotten out of it. That's maybe one way of thinking about success, right? Is kind of like, what do I have in like actualizing potential, mm -hmm. maybe something like that. Um, wow. You turn that back a little bit. So also I, I guess I, um, it's a success. It's funny. So I've worked with folks on the streets for a long time and mm -hmm. I have, I have been resolutely un not uninterested, but like, um, like results and fruit cannot be, um, central now. It's funny because if you try to fundraise at Central or if you, you, you need to be, you know, and, and, uh, and honestly, looking at results matters because it could just be you're doing this very poorly, right? But for me, I, you know, there was a guy, I'll tell you a story. There was a man that um, he lived on the streets. He was very large, uh, heavy man. Mm -hmm. he, uh, he had been on the streets for some time. He had some kind of personality like he was a smart dude, a good dude, but maybe had some personality traits that made him a little abrasive at times, you know, and he didn't, he didn't maybe say play well with others all the time. And so he had, he had, he was socially isolated as a lot of folks on the streets are and uh, had some things, some struggles. And we, at, so the well and the work that the well is doing grew out of a little community called the lake house. And we, I talked a bunch of dudes into living together and just saying, Hey, we got a house we should share. Like, there's a bathroom, a shower. And so we started to open our doors to people. And this guy was one of those people. And we really, we got to know him over the years and we walked with him and really knew his story. And he actually stayed with us for a little while, was sleeping on our couch. And he introduced us to a few other people on the streets that we got really close to. A few of them moved in with us actually. And, um, and we, we, we were, I just saw this guy last week and it had been a while. I hadn't seen him in a while. He's a, he's a taxi driver now. Um, but he was at the time he, there was some voc rehab money or grant that he was going to be able to get some training. And he's like, look, I'm physically like I'm large, um, but I can drive. And so he went to trucker school and got a CDL started becoming a trucker or whatever. But, uh, that story actually doesn't like, it didn't, it's not some great success story in with air quotes, like the way that, you know, and, and now mm -hmm. he's doing whatever. And it's like, no, he's still struggling. And, and I think, uh, you know, even in the cab, I, I'm not sure he has a place to go when he clocks out. I think he stays in the cab, you know, and, um, he, he has struggled at times and it wasn't a great success, but when I reflected on the story and my own assessment of our work, I was like, cause along the way, like, Oh, do you, so I think someone asked like, is this a success story? And I was like, it was a success story when we became friends. Um, 
that was it. Like my, it's weird, but my measure of success in those interactions was friendship. It's like, yeah, we have mutual respect. There's no project here. Like it doesn't matter if he gets on his feet or not, but like it's a relational, there's relational, there's a deep relational component to this, which is why even after years, like we just reconnected the other night, but it was, Hey, old friend, like, what's up? Let's catch up. Let's, you know, grab dinner. And, uh, and yeah, he still struggles. And I think will for ever possibly. Um, and I respect, I respect he keeps getting up. He keeps trying, he keeps working at it, you know? I don't know if this is directly answering your question, but it is a way in which I go, no, like it's an odd way, but like there is something about relationship that is, it's success is related to your aims, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I never, I'm not, I can't fix anyone's life. I can't fix my own life. I can just try really hard and try to be good and try to be loving and uh, walk with folks. Right. So I, and that's, and I often define what we do as walking with people or riding bikes with people. And I've heard you refer to that. And I think that it's been interesting for me because you asked me when this changed, when yeah. I switched. You know, Monterey Bay was uh, 2010 uh, mm-hmm. when I did that. So that's, you know, roughly nine years of completely reinventing my life and what I do. And I think I spent, I spent a professional career for decades working for publicly traded billion-dollar companies where success was pretty well defined it's bottom line this is the bottom line and i don't remember in many of those years many people going well how do you feel about this this new store how do you feel about how do you feel about our sales this month or this week they didn't care um yeah and i think that i also i'm facing a a high school reunion in uh in a month (laughs) and I have a lot of classmates that, uh, you know, they live on a golf course and they have a lot of measures of success. And most of them, I, you know, I don't know. I can't speak to whether they're happy, fulfilled, don't know. But if you just look at bank accounts and stuff, then for most people that's successful. And I know that I always struggle when I go back to that environment that I don't, I question myself, you know, going, I, you know, I'm not successful. I can't, I can't afford to go to dinner where you're going much less, you know, have, have some of that. And I think that Hmm. that really, that's another kryptonite thing with me that I Hmm. am like, I, you know, what does success look like? Because, you know, I also had it, you know, my family also kind of, that was important. That was the environment I was kind of put in that you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer and you're going to do this, this, and this. And, and I am way off the path on that one. And yet I, it's interesting because I've, I've had a couple of friends reach out to me recently and they go, you know, I've been doing this. I've been making this kind of money and I just, I don't feel I'm worth anything. Yep. And I'm going, okay, so now what I need to do is, as I get older, find this balance between, I don't want to feel like I'm not worth anything, but I also have the reality of, I need to be secure. I need to, to be able to take care of myself and put food and, you know, so, you know, the friendship starts there, but 
having a vehicle to drive and earn a living, having a roof or a shower or fresh water to drink, whatever it might be. Uh, Matters. Yeah. So the friendship is a success, but then in day-to-day life, you need to be, you need to not die because you were, you died from exposure because you didn't have a place to go to get warm or you didn't have food or medical treatment or access to that, that, um, I don't know if we could really definitively answer success is this one thing unless it's the ability to fulfill the need that is most important at that moment. Yeah, I like that. And it's why I like this question because I don't think we can definitively and everybody's been answering it different. And I think that's a really good summation of that, of that, that journey. And you're right. There is a balance like that we're, which by the way, you say like, well, because of the measures of success that people have in terms of money or you're like, and I can't go out to dinner is, but then you also reference, you have people call you and say, I make all this money, but feel empty or, and I just think back to the two W's. Well, the first of the W's is why, <laughs> and you saying to chase the thing that has purpose. And it is in some sense, the, the narrative of your own story is like, you've been whether given to or captivated by some sort of a calling and purpose toward, toward what you've given your life to. And, and it wasn't being a doctor or having a lot of money uh, or, you know, it's, and, 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 and in the end you hold like someone with a lot of money calling someone without a lot of money saying, how is it that you have meaning and purpose that you're thriving though you can't go to dinner or whatever, I can do whatever I want. And this was my experience. This was a huge pivot point for me. So you referenced that point in time for you. I was already kind of like, I had come to a place where I wanted to learn. I had, I had come to a conviction I want, I need to learn from the poor, that there's a wealth, what I've called the wealth of the poor that I need to learn from. I had like seen glimpses of it. And I figured out a way through an organization that I was, a part of and working with to get some time in the slums of Manila in the Philippines. And I remember going there and sleeping in these slums, but the host family that had me there. And, and you know, it's not like I was young. It's not like I have anything like comparatively in our society, right? Just poor college student. Mm -hmm. However, in this part of the world, it's very clear. Like I have everything. I have absolutely everything. I got a roof over my head, running water, air conditioning. Like it's incredible the wealth that we live in and take for granted. And yet I had this overwhelming sense of jealousy while I was there that I was like, I've never known joy like this. Like I see, I've never known connectedness and community. Like I'm encountering here. I've never seen hospitality like I'm encountering here. And I would say that all of my life and convictions around community, grace, hospitality, innovation, repurposing what we otherwise consider waste, because that's what the innovative use of what I would call trash was one of the things that like, I couldn't shake. And when I left that place, I was like, how is it that I can be in like, a place where I have comparatively everything and I'm overwhelmed with jealousy. And it was because they are wealthy but they don't have physical stuff or a lot of physical stuff comparatively, but they have the spiritual stuff or they have the deeper stuff. And, and I, 
in some sense, that was a moment in time where everything changed for me when I came home and it's how I ended up moving into a community with a bunch of people. I said, well, over there, they all live in one house. So come on in y'all. Let's all live together. You know? Um, and we started transforming and changing our minds about what we were using. And it, and it was for me a trajectory shift where it was like, I want to live and walk with the poor. I want to learn to share. I want to know community and ingenuity and stop wasting so much. And, um, and it's weird, but like, there's, there's ways in which, I don't know, that wealth, you know, it isn't, it isn't the things that we're pointing to. It isn't the ability to go buy dinner. And it is the reason that someone might call you and say, Hey, tell me about what you have. That isn't what I have. And I want to circle back. I know we got it. We're coming up on the end of time here. Um, do, have you ever read man's search for meaning? No, I don't think so. I think you've mentioned this once before, but I don't think I have. It's an important book to me, but Viktor Frankl was a, was a, yes, you did tell me about this. I actually, yeah, I have not read it, but yeah, I remember you mentioning this. Before. So throw it on the list, but he, he, he lived in four concentration camps and one of the, just like a central reflection. He's like, look in the concentration camps, there was a lot of people that were brought in. They were good Jews, good neighbors, just decent folks. But then they were put into these extreme circumstances and you saw some people turn into the devil and some people turn into like angels. And he became fascinated with the question of what it was that differentiated like why because some people became like you were in the first swim bitter resentful angry and would do whatever it took to survive became ugly and then other people became selfless and grateful and giving holy even something like an encounter with god he said he would witness like angelic presence among these people he's like but when they came in they were like just like anyone else all of them there's nothing special about any of these people necessarily, right. but it was revealed by the circumstances and one. And so he developed this whole therapy in psychiatry called logotherapy, but it was like the, and man's search for meaning is that it's the, 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 the therapy that is meaning and purpose. And he, he, so he says like at, at a central place, freedom, like human freedom is, so you had around talking about meditation, you had said about, look, my reaction, like my, my ability to decide my reaction is what matters. Like when I'm in a life and death situation, I need to be able to control or have some response, some intentional response around my emotional controls. Cause it could be life or death. Right. But the same thing could be true in a social setting. The same thing could be true when you're on stage. And, mm -hmm. and, and he actually would say like the last, so this is a kind of a quote. I'm probably not exactly right. The last bastion of human freedom is the capacity to respond. He's like, you can be totally captive and put in a cage, but no one can take from you the capacity to respond. Like what you do in any circumstance is always within your control. And that, and, and I just, and I just think like around something like, even as you share about meaning and purpose, and how that's guided you through life rather than a pursuit of wealth or the, the bottom line and the, the pursuit of something good and holy or holistic in the world. 
and your own developing of your own capacity to determine your own response. Um, it seems like that's been a really meaningful and worthwhile pursuit. And I think that you doing that has been a model to me and those that have the privilege of knowing you. Uh, thank you for that. And then I just, I guess to like, I don't know, we got to come to wrap up. I want to ask you, I don't if you have any thoughts or want to respond to that in any way. And then also just uh, anything that you want to like, let people know you're working on or that they should look up or find I, I don't, you know, it's not like there's a million people listening to this, but, but who <laughs> yeah. knows in time, right? Right. I think that I don't want to say much because I don't want to take away from the note that I just made, which is the capacity to respond. You know, I'm dealing with some health issues with my wife and it changes what's important. Yeah. That's right. So what does success look like at the end of this week um, for her to not be in pain would be mm -hmm. success. Yeah. And that's not really a success that I can do much to achieve. And I think that we're, if we wrap up with the capacity to respond and then make the next choice from whatever might be there, social, physical, sport, job, capacity to respond. I think that, um, and just to say, you know, what we're, we're doing, I mean, we're focused on ways to personally connect people. We, we, we've got the three words on that, that bracelet, passion, strength, and vision. How do we enable in others the passion to care, the strength to act, and mm. the vision to inspire the trappings of what that might look like you know right now we've got this wave safe series with noah in which we're trying to implement ways to empower people to protect themselves and others in and around coastal environments but we also you know are trying to let people kind of see what role they can play in positively impacting other things passion strength vision because mm. whatever it might be and i I've spent a lot of time like you walking with others, but that allows me to have empathy, but I'm still not them. So we, the capacity to respond. And I think sharing that and then giving people the knowledge and means to match up with their desire to shape how they respond and, and give them opportunities to drive the cab or to ride a bike to a job, or to feel fulfilled, even if they might be making half a million dollars a year and something's missing, because that person's suffering Yep, as well. It's a form of poverty that we don't often consider poverty, but it's a different kind of captivity. And it's one that would help the rich and the poor to know they have something deeply in common. Yeah, and my experience, you know, when you talk about the Philippines, I, I reflect back on um, American Samoa is a relatively um, uh, significant portion of the population is below the poverty level. And mm -hmm. if you walk into the villages and it, it pains me when people describe it, oh, it's a third world country. It pains me sure. because they do not recognize the strength and richness in a culture and a community that's been there for 3000 years. But at the same time, I can walk into villages and walk into schools and see, see things that by other people's measure, you know, they don't have. 
Sure. But I've never seen smiles. I've never felt friendships and openness and sharing like I have in communities like that where you would not necessarily expect it. We have a lot you to know. learn there. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, um, not that there aren't struggles and everything, but there is a peace and openness and fulfillment definitely in, in not, quote, having anything. Shortly after recording that episode with Bruckner, he called me up or sent me a message and basically said, I've thought a lot more about the question of success and I've decided that success is serenity. And I really liked that. And I think he's been using that quite a bit since. We have a couple more we're going to hear from. Next up is Matthew Hilaire, who works with Eckerd Connects. Uh, what is success? Um, very, very um, difficult question in some areas. But I think one thing that success is not is not just you. Mm. Um, it could include you. Mm-hmm. But I do think success is eternal. Mm. It's something that's um, timeless. Um, success does include and bring a genuine joy, mm. for sure. That those are more the effects of set success, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but that's that's a hard one. If if I make it relative to me, I would say success is um, uh, glorifying God in whatever way he created me to be. Mm. You know, so whether I have everything or I have nothing, you know, because I, I have actually had a friend ask me, he's like, Matt, what do you see yourself doing in the next f- five to 10 years? And I was like, honestly, I'm kind of doing that now. Yeah. So I don't necessarily think of what I should be doing five to 10 years. Maybe I'll do something in a different perspective, but if I'm actually working for the, with the next generations that I don't care to do anything else. You know, that's very, I feel the same way. Like it's, I'll run into people I haven't seen in a while and like, what's new. And it's funny because there are new things. Like we opened a bike shop two years ago. I wasn't doing that before that, but I don't, I don't see me doing anything different. I just might've, it's like if you were working on a car Mm -hmm. and last time you saw me, I was holding a wrench, but this time I'm holding a screwdriver, but I'm still doing the same job. Yeah. Right. And I, and I understand it that way. And if you said, well, what does it look like in 10 years? And I'm like more of the same. So I imagine scale is the answer, right? Like, We better have a bigger capacity engaged in more fights, yeah. equipping more people, gaining more traction or influence or whatever mm-hmm. the, the thing might be, but I'm doing it. Yeah. I'll still be doing it because in some sense I don't do new things, even though mm-hmm. every, like even this sh- podcast thing is like, it's a new thing. I just started doing this. Yeah. But it's part of the same project. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of just grows the project. So even if I'm done with the Remedy Project in some capacity, it's because of that that I'm actually starting to do something That's right. That's just the tool you're using. Yeah. And from episode 10, which will conclude this episode, this is Christian Leon. What is success? 
I think success. Yeah, I'll just give you a gut, not overthink it. But I think success is, uh, you know, is accomplishing something that you're proud of. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I know that there's a lot of like different ways to view it, but I think that a very easy standard type of thing. It's like, hey, when you've accomplished something that you can be proud of. Yeah. You know, you feel like that was successful. If you did. So, yep. You know, like like, I'm proud of what I did. It was worth doing. And it looks good. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I was a, I, there's something like, and the best example for me is this is when I was a tile installer, but any kind of finishing a tile floor and standing up and going, I did that. Yeah. And just that last look (laughs) at it, that is the (laughs) emotional cherry on top that like makes the whole thing beautiful to me where it's that. I'm proud of right. a thing that I did. Right. I did it. Yeah. That is the feeling of success. Yeah. So now I'd really like to hear your answer to this question. So if you go to workethicpodcast.com, there's some links there. The top link is to leave a voice message. You can click that link and go to the website and actually just leave a voicemail through your phone or whatever recording device you may have. I want to invite you to take a stab at answering this question, both for the sake of your own reflection, but also so that I can compile those answers in future episodes like this one. Thank you. Hey, real quick before you go, I want to invite you to join the conversation. One of the first comments that was left on one of the first episodes was somebody saying that they wanted to join in the conversation the entire time. And I've heard that from a few of you, and I really want to invite you to do that. So if you go to workethicpodcast.com, there is a link to join the conversation where you can click that link and chime in, uh, maybe answer what success is to you, what's your earliest memory of work, your own experience of, of what triggers flow state or your own understanding of grit, but I want to invite you to join the conversation. I would also like to invite you to help grow this conversation and this podcast and show. So if you would, please share, please subscribe, please leave feedback on the show, uh, rate it, uh, comment on socials. And then if you would, please, please, please consider supporting uh, the cost, the expense that this show is becoming, and also uh, kind of my own work uh, with the podcast and with the well and well-built bikes. And you can do that by going to patreon.com slash the work ethic, or there's also a link at workethicpodcast.com. Thank you so much for considering it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for being a part of this conversation in this project.